Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have a plan. That plan was from the beginning, before we were even fashioned in our mother's womb. That plan for mankind and that plan for each and every one of us is being fulfilled today. I just ask that, Father, as we approach your word, that we would be attentive to your spirit. That, Father, we would seek to know your way and your will. Father, we pray for your Holy Spirit to move upon this group in our lives and in our hearts. And that you would open this word to us and that the enemy of our souls would be bound and defeated today as we hear this word and as we apply it. Oh, Father, we truly are grateful. We thank you. We just ask that you'd be with us, that your might and your power could be poured out this day in our lives, that you would rise up strong within us, that your presence would be known. Now, thank you. We'll praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Last week, we talked about Jesus entering Jerusalem. He spent a week with his disciples and with the people and at the temple preaching. I want to take you back a little bit and I want you to think about, if you will, with me, what your perception is of Jesus, who he is, and what he's done. I want to know if you are like me when I was a young man, I knew about Jesus, but I never knew Jesus. I read the word, I went to Sunday school, I prayed, and I thought I knew him. It's amazing when he pursues you and opens your eyes. Had a lot of preconceived ideas about the way Jesus should be and what he should do and how he should work in my life. It was all about me. God's plan is not all about me. It's not all about you. His plan is about everyone. His heart. Sometimes we don't understand or see that plan and we don't understand how it's going to apply. We, we look at prophecy and we look at scripture and we think this is the way Jesus has to act and this is the way he's supposed to be. And when he's not, we're disappointed. He's the God of the universe. Do we understand that plan? You're a part of it. I'm going to tell you this today. You're either part of the plan that takes you to heaven or part of the plan that takes you somewhere else. You will fulfill the will of God. Whether you believe in Him or whether you don't. So it's kind of good to get to know what the plan is. It's found in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. That's who we're here to celebrate today, His resurrection. The hope that was given for us. The life. We celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Is now seated at the right hand of the Father. 
and it's now coming back. The rest of the world doesn't understand. Our nation right now doesn't understand. We see things rising up and we see um, resistance and, and craziness. I don't know what else to use it, but it's craziness. And we wonder, where's God? Why does he allow this to happen? He has a plan. He always has. And that plan is working right now. For three and a half years, the disciples saw Jesus. Literally, they walked with him, slept with him, ate with him. They watched him preach the good news on the mount. They watched him heal the sick. Withered arms, lame, eyes that were blind. They watched him raise the dead. They watched him cleanse lepers by doing something that no one would do. He touched them. They saw him walk on water. They saw him calm the storm and cast out demons. They heard him talk about the kingdom. And they thought that he was going to establish it in Jerusalem that week. Now, I've always said, if I saw the sick healed, I would believe. I've always said, if I see somebody raised from the dead, I'll believe. Remember last week? Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And there were people that were angry at Jesus because they still didn't believe it. They saw it with their eyes. I've always said, boy, if I could just walk on water, I could see Jesus walk on water, I would believe. If I saw him calm the storm, I definitely would believe. If he cast out demons, if I saw that, I would believe. Would I? Would you? Saints, when someone gets saved, that's the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle. Someone who's taken from death to life. And we see that and we kind of go, oh, you know, we're excited for a day for them. All of these things, they were eyewitnesses to and they still did not believe. Now in their defense... They didn't have what we have today. They didn't have the spirit of the living God dwelling in them. His spirit next to our spirit. Teaching us. Taking the word and showing us. We are really without excuse. They had one. Because the Bible says that they, they saw these things. They heard these things. And they didn't understand them until after Jesus was raised from the dead. They sound kind of human, don't they? They saw him riding into Jerusalem on a colt, a donkey. Only the king was allowed to do that, to enter Jerusalem. And they saw him coming in and people laying their uh, coats in front of him and, and crying out, Hallelujah. Laying palm fronds in front of him. Surely this is the day. Surely this is the week. All the things that he said about his kingdom. 
And as Jesus lived among them, literally, he was fulfilling prophecy every day before their eyes. There was such optimism as they followed Jesus into Jerusalem that day. And within a week, all of those people who were crying out, Hosanna to the King, Hosanna, were crying out, Crucify Him. Everything they thought, everything they knew about Jesus was going to unravel in less than a week. After the Passover meal that Jesus held with his disciples, everything changed drastically. In the garden, one of their own would betray Jesus with a kiss. Soldiers would forcibly take him from their midst. They would scatter in terror and fear, fulfilling prophecy, by the way. The Old Testament, it says, if you strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. And they did. His followers, those that saw all of these things. He would be placed on trial by the religious leaders and accused falsely. Taken to the Romans who beat him unmercifully. Crowned him with thorns and beat that crown into his forehead and into his scalp with a rod. On his beaten body, they placed a scarlet robe on the on his bleeding back and arms and legs and mocked him and hailed him as the king of the Jews. He was betrayed by the religious leaders who demanded a murderer be released instead. He was rejected by the Jews and by the Romans. Everyone was guilty. Isaiah 53.3 says, He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. 500 years before Jesus lived, this was written about him. Go back and read Isaiah 53. It's a literal description of the Son of God and how he was treated. Jesus was led up to Golgotha outside the city and he was crucified on a tree that he had made with nails that he had made. After all, he was God and called all those things into existence, did he not? To the devil, he was just another prophet that he had killed at Jerusalem. Many prophets had died there. And when he died, the sun went black. The earth shook. The temple veil was torn in two and the lintel going into the Holy of Holies was broken so badly that the Holy of Holies was exposed. 
Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. 500 years before he was born. Jesus had no way of fulfilling this on his own. It was spoken about him. And he was a part of that plan. That plan was spoken. It was written. It was read over and over and over. And no one saw it. Everybody wanted a conquering Messiah. Everybody wanted somebody to replace the government that they had. Everybody wanted to live on this earth in peace. But that is not why Jesus came. That wasn't the plan. The earth shook so violently. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Jesus was dead. He couldn't save himself. He saved others. That was what was yelled at him from the the crowd. Even the criminals that he was crucified with said the same thing. All was lost. Despair. Disillusionment. Fear. Anger. Betrayal. Judas hung himself. Peter cried in shame. All was lost. Only Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus asked to bury him. His disciples were nowhere to be found to take him off of the cross and put him in the grave. This is said about that very thing found in Isaiah 53, 8 through 9. Joseph was a very wealthy man who had just made a a tomb for himself and he gave it to Jesus. And this is what Isaiah said, again, 500 years before Jesus was born. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living? Stricken for the transgressions of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence and there is no deceit in his mouth. Three days. Did he not say? In three days. Tear this temple down and I'll rebuild it. They didn't get it. Remember he quoted Jonah and said, As, as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, so shall I be in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. If you ever had a question whether Jonah existed, whether it's a book of poetry or just some other thing, Jesus quoted it. Jonah really lived. You know why? He was fulfilling the plan. He was foretelling the day that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, would come forth and would die and go into the grave. Just as Jonah had gone into the valley of the fish. Did he not say... In grief and sorrow and loss, it's hard to remember what Jesus said. Even today, if we have the Spirit of Christ, even today, in spirit, when we have grief and sorrow, it's hard to remember what Jesus said. 
Mary goes to to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body after the Sabbath, Sunday morning on the third day. She didn't believe. She didn't go there to see if he was risen from the dead. She was going to prepare his body for burial. Had she not felt the earthquake that morning? Violent earthquake that rolled the the stone away? Had she not felt that? Did she possibly bypass where the Bible says that a number of the saints who were in the grave when, the, when Jesus rose from the dead, their graves opened and they went into Jerusalem? Did she pass by those people? Now it was dark. Now some people are going, oh, that really happened? The word says it did. Why do you think those people went into the city of Jerusalem? I'll give you a little hint. I believe that they went into Jerusalem as eyewitnesses to the resurrection because the the, uh, leaders of the people were going to pay the guards who had passed out because of the bright light and the angel showing up. And the, the guards were paid to say that somebody came and overpowered them and stole his body away. It's kind of hard to do when you have a bunch of risen saints with resurrected bodies walking through Jerusalem going, He's coming. He's here. We're live today. And we're headed to heaven. Wow. Had she not felt the earthquake? Could she not remember what Jesus said? She was the the woman who loved Jesus, washed his feet with her hair and cried over him anointing him for his burial not a week before. She ran back to the disciples. When she got there, she saw that the tomb was empty. She wouldn't even go in it. She ran back and and Peter and John were in the house. After all, it's the third day and Jesus is dead. Mary comes to them and she still doesn't believe that Jesus is resurrected because she says to them, they have taken our Lord's body away and I don't know where he's taken them. And they run. And John being the, the younger of the disciples outruns Jesus. And being very reverent toward Jesus, he stops at the, at the tomb and looks in. Peter, a, a little bit older man, makes it there finally. And rushes past John and goes into the tomb itself. And he sees the, the cloth that he was wrapped in laying on, the, on the, the crypt. And then a very curious thing. The Bible says that the, the cloth that was laid over his face was folded up neatly and placed in a different place. The God of the universe who believed in order took his time. And folded a napkin. Wow. They left. Still not believing. And we know the story. If you go and look at John chapter 20. And read it. Jesus appears to Mary. And she recognizes him. 
And she goes back and tells the disciples, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Uh, You're a crazy lady. That was their response. And then Jesus that evening appeared to all of them as they were sitting on the first day of the week, Sunday. Oh, by the way, the third day. No one knew the plan of God. No one knew the power of the cross. No one knew Sunday was coming. Judas fulfilled that plan by betraying Jesus. The Jewish Jewish leaders didn't understand it, but they fulfilled his plan by turning him over to the Romans. The Roman soldiers didn't understand that plan, but they fulfilled that plan by beating him and mocking him and crucifying him on a cross. The disciples didn't understand, but they fulfilled his plan. They ran from him, and they hid. It was all spoken of in the scriptures, all of this. It's not just a random story that's been picked out for 2,000 years and repeated over and over and over. It's eyewitness accounts of this very thing. And finally, the devil didn't understand the plan, but he fulfilled the will of God by killing Jesus Christ. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 through 8, But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. Had, for if they had, they would not have crucified, who? The Lord of glory. God had the plan from the foundation of the earth. It was spoken by the prophets written down, carried with the Jewish people in the form of the feasts and the scriptures, yet nobody saw the plan. It was not a triumphant destruction of the Roman rule. He didn't sit on David's throne. The scepter of power was not placed in his hand. He did not judge the nations from Jerusalem. Or did he? What looked like weakness was God's display of power and strength on the cross. What looked like weakness to the world as everyone rejoiced and people jeered and they spit upon him. From the cross, Jesus, the Lord of glory, Forgave our sins. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4. For he was crucified in weakness but lives by the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1 28. God chose what is low and despised in the world. Even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because Of him you are in Christ Jesus. Because of him you are in Christ Jesus. Who became to us wisdom from God. Righteousness and sanctification and redemption. The father raised him up and gave him power and gave him a name that is above all names. 
And at that name, the Bible says, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He raised him up and gave power through what appeared to be weakness. The plan was working, yet all despaired. The enemy was defeated, and all was set right, yet all despaired. The sting of death was neutralized and made of no effect, but all despaired. No one saw it coming. No one. Sunday was always on the way. I have a video that I'm going to show you for just a second. This is probably one of the finest sermons ever preached on Sunday. I read it at the first uh, service. And uh, this is a message that was preached sometime in the 80s or the 90s by a black preacher. And I'm going to tell you what, he can bring it. So I'm just going to let you watch this video and then we'll finish up. That'd be okay? It's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter's asleep. Judas is betraying. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilate's struggling. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilifying. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter is denying. But they don't know that Sundays are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scar. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sundays come. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary. His blood dripping. His body stumbling. And his spirit's burden. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning. And evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet. To the cross and then they raised him up next to criminals it's Friday but let me tell you something Sunday's coming it's Friday the disciples are questioning what has happened to their king and the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved but they don't know It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross. Feeling forsaken by his father. Left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday. 
But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The earth trembles. The sky grows dark. My king yields his spirit. It's Friday. Hope is lost. Death has won. Sin has conquered. And Satan's just a laugh. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard. And a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a coming. He still has a plan. Even when it looks the darkest. He has a plan when the world looks lost. He has a plan. It's not a new plan. It's the same plan. That was at work 2,000 years ago. It worked out then. It's working out now. You may not see it or understand it. But that plan is going according to schedule. Do you see it? Do you despair? Sunday's coming. Are you ready? Will he find us busy doing our work or his? He's coming back just as he promised. Sunday was always the plan. And it's a good one. Sunday was always on the way. And it's on its way again. Remember I shared the story at the very beginning of this message about Jesus entering Jerusalem on a donkey as the king of peace where he reconciled our sins with God the Father. The kings were not allowed to ride horses because horses were instruments of war. Do you want to hear the rest of the plan? John the Apostle, who was standing at Jesus' feet when he died, holding Mary, his mother. Years later, exiled on an island in the middle of the Mediterranean, Jesus appears to him. And shares what we know as the letter to, of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 19, 11 through 21, here's the plan. John writes, Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, not a donkey. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many crowns or diadems. 
and he has a name that is written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. Y'all ready? How many of you like riding horses? You're going to get to learn. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and with a loud voice he called to all the birds that fly directly overhead, Come, gather for the great supper of God, to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all men, both free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse and against his army. And the beast was captured and with it the false prophet who is in his presence who had done signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire and burns with sulfur and the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse, and all the birds were gorged with their flesh. It's Sunday. And he has come. Sunday's still coming. And a day when you think not. And he's coming for those who believe and receive, and confess, and walk. I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. That same Jesus who rode into Jerusalem on a donkey is coming back in the heavens with the saints to make war on unrighteousness. That's the plan. Still good to be saved? I know that's a little hard to end on, but you know what? It's the Word of God. We serve a risen Savior who has conquered the grave, who has put death to death, And has given life to all who ask and believe. Sunday's coming. Man, I wish I could preach like that guy. Wow. Let's stand. bring that baby up here snatch her up
Happy Resurrection Day. He is risen. He has risen indeed. Life for all that ask. I'm going to pray. Thank you for coming today and sharing. Be mindful. As I try to share with you often, you are the church of the living God. He died for you. He saved you. His blood was shed for you. He rose from the dead for you. He dwells in you. You are his church, his body on earth. Sundays are coming. The world despairs. The world is crazy. But he's coming. The sun is coming. He is risen indeed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you most of all for your presence. Thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that you did not leave Jesus Christ in the grave, but you raised him from the dead and you gave him a name that is above every name. Father, I thank you that you cared enough for us in this plan, that you included us in it. And I pray that we would walk in it and see it and not despair and not grow weary, and not become angry, and not become despondent, because of what we see in the world, it's part of the plan. The sun is coming. Father, bless your people. Bless their going out, and their coming in. Bless everything that they put their hands to. Bless their jobs, their lives, their families, their businesses. Father, help us to be found busy and doing your work because the sun is coming. We thank you. We bless you. We worship you in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.